On this episode of DC On Screen, we are talking the pilot episode of Doom Patrol, right after this. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 529. I'm your host, David Z. Robertson. This, Jason Goss. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, what? Hmm? Mm, no, go ahead. Hey, what better way to start out an episode talking about Doom Patrol? Than <laughs> mild confusion over electronics. <laughs> that distracted <laughs> me for a second. Perfect. Huh? Ooh. Huh? What? Huh? Yeah. That kind of sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, full full disclosure here. Um, I have not read a lot of Doom Patrol. No, I really haven't. It's only something I've glanced by here and there. Yeah, it's like... I'm aware of them by straight issues here and there that kind of look, leaf through and I don't know what the hell this is. And I'm, I'm aware of them in, in more of a Wikipedia sense than anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have a DC Universe encyclopedia and I, I'll be honest, for a long time I confused them with the Metal Men. <clears throat> nice. And there are ties, but, uh, so look, I'm, I'm not even going to try to, you know, like, I've done a lot of reading up, and I really need to get back into that Grant Morrison. Like, I kind of started the Grant Morrison run a while back and then fell off as I do. So It can happen sometimes. I, but it was so long ago, I don't remember. And looking at Wikipedia, I understand why. There's nothing to latch on to as far as, like, a concrete story. So. Oh, yeah. It's bizarre. Like, when like, you... It's there, but... Anything Grant Morrison does is, is so Grant Morrison that, like, it's not like you're going to be remember be able to remember like oh yeah it's the Superman story where this was slightly this way yeah it's it's not it doesn't mm-hmm. build on the normal it doesn't use the normal set of Legos man it's an Erector set it's all kinds of he's his own thing mm-hmm. it's like I've read his Animal Man run and I remember his Animal Man run but I think if I would stopped halfway through I wouldn't remember anything I think it'd be like oh I remember it being interesting but that's about all. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those, like, if you don't, like, hit it at the right time in your life, you're just going to be like, okay, I need to put this down for now. Well, that's how it is with Batman Inc. I've, I've read about half of Batman Inc., and I kind of got about halfway through and was like, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not digging this one. Because every, every now and then Morrison is just so crazy, it, it, I can't find anything to latch on to. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those for me. And uh, now I don't remember anything that happens, except Damien gets shot. Right, and, you know, to be to be... Uh, clear. Uh, Arnold Drake, the uh, one of the co uh, co-creators of um, of Doom Patrol. Uh, right before he died, he basically came out and said that. I mean, there were uh, several iterations of Doom Patrol uh, that came up after his run, and he killed the Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. He finished it. Like he started him, he killed him. Yeah. Um, and there were several iterations that kind of popped up after after. Uh, he left the book, and um, none of them were good. Apparently, like they all just just fell flat, up getting canceled because 
no one liked him. No one bought them. Right. And uh, before he died, he came out and said, Grant Morrison is the only one who, that was the the only subsequent run that came anywhere close to what he was trying to do. <laughs> he got me. That guy, that guy gets it. <laughs> um, so we don't have a, so, yeah. a real background on this one, but, um, you know, as a show, man, I'm excited. That looks good. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a show, uh, just watching this one episode, I'm down. This is fantastic. Yeah. It was, I, I, as far as quality, I thought it left right off where Titans did. Uh, I was, it's something I said about Titans was at the end of every episode, I kept kind of, I was like growling at myself going, man, why isn't there another one right now? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the idea of streaming services has spoiled me in a way. I, I, I wanted to be able to hit next and just, you know, watch that season right now. But yeah, we got to wait. And, uh, this one looked fantastic. You see the TV time rating on this thing? No. 9.8 out of 10. Oh, wow. I'm not even sure I'm, I, I disagree. <laughs> like I'm really, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, Mm-hmm. No, granted, if you're it's, it's a it's a skewed number. Like if you're uh, if you're following that page, you were already interested in the show. So yeah, and you know, I, I saw I saw a couple of uh, comments from people uh, on Twitter responding to different. Uh, well, responding specifically to Jeff Johns mm-hmm. saying, "What's great show, but what's wrong with you people? I tried to watch this with my kids. Don't watch this with your kids." Yeah, like first few minutes, you know. I mean, you're getting like sex from behind with a stray titty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just a flopping. Yeah. You get you get Brendan, Brendan Fraser's ass right out of the gates. Yeah. And you know the other half is pretty hard to look at these days too. Like <laughs> that poor guy. What has he done with himself? Ah, uh, he's fine. You see him in the actual. Uh, uh, <laughs> look at his actual press photos. He looks he looks a lot better. I think they almost like. I think they tried to kind of sully him up a little bit for this for his uh, yeah, kind of hateful I, cheating. Country song days, I'll call it. That is a good way to put it. It was just jarring because I think the last time I saw Brendan Fraser was like on Scrubs or something. It might like, that really might be the last time I've seen him. Just like, oh man, he's he's a person and he ages. Yeah. Unlike apparently the Doom Patrol, who don't age at all. No, <laughs> everyone there's power apparently keeps them. it. May, it kind of makes sense. Everyone there's power might theoretically keep them semi, you know, kind of kind of unaged maybe. But, uh, you know. As surprised as I was to see Brendan Fraser, God, he feels perfect for this. He does. He was great. Yeah, I, man, like I, I wish I had more time in my week because I would totally go back and watch that episode again. Yeah, oh, I would. I mean, I still will. Like, uh, it's. I showed my wife the trailer for it. Um, I watched it this morning. I showed my wife the trailer and said, "You might actually like this one. Take, take a look." And she looked. She she watched him. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to try that one out. So okay, cool. We'll watch it later. And then. Um, the and then Evelyn took a nap, so she went, "Oh crap! I, time to take a bath." And she went to take a bath. I turned it on on my phone in, in bed, just hadn't quite gotten out of bed yet. Turned it on the phone just to t- check out the first couple minutes, and just didn't. I just stared at my screen the entire time. Watched mm-hmm. the whole thing, couldn't stop myself. But yeah, I'll go back. I'll, I'll are, watch it again with her later, probably today. Yeah, the opening credits are one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen it's, on TV. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Uh, I mean, out of, out of this fucking world, man. They were, those were great. Oh, uh, this was one of my, one of my favorite points they made um <laughs> one they gave kind of a fun explanation for him for robot man having like a nice like like an 80s wardrobe so they could get him in this mm-hmm. nice uh, kind of his time costume and an iconic robot man robot man, robot man costume but they yep. also um the thing they did where like the the template for his voice is this sad regretful it sounds like pills and drunk kind of like late night 
mournful almost, like mournful, regretful voicemail. Mm-hmm. The fact that that's what they use for the template for his voice, ah, oh, it makes me so happy. That, that's just so tinged with, there, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, that was that was a great choice. Uh-huh. And then the, the reveal in the episode where without, well, that was just good. That part was just really good. And using Robot Man as kind of a framing device um, for the episode also, mm-hmm. I thought pretty. I thought it worked pretty well. Everybody's origin stories kind of come in. Yeah, I uh, that that it worked pretty well. I I think it worked because it does seem like for just a minute that that Robot Man is is the audience proxy. But um, I mean, literally, we see the show through his eyes for a second there. <laughs> we do. We do, uh, but then they kind of pop over and, and show us uh, Rita's uh, story uh, just a little bit. I, I don't remember what they changed about her story from the initial incarnation. I think it was some sort of volcanic situation back in the day, but I don't know. Like No idea back what in her the comics, old comics I'd have to pull out the encyclopedia, back, too. I don't know. Yeah, like back in the old days, uh, Negative Man was like exposed to a radioactive field, and now it's like, oh no, it was like the Negative Spirit. It was an actual sentient being that you know plowed into him. Um, that apparently he doesn't have complete control over yet. Yeah, so I guess whatever this is, this in what's her face, and whatever's in uh, him keeps them young. I don't know why Calder's young, all or stays kind of mostly young. I don't know, or if he was young the whole time. Yeah, um, we don't know with him. We don't know what's what's, yeah, what's up with him yet. Importantly, though, the show is, and I think appropriately, uh, told kind of through Alan Tudyk's narration. Exactly. And Fourth Wald, on top of that. And Fourth Wald. And, I mean, he at the beginning of the show, Mr. Nobody posits that another show about superheroes is just what the world needs. Right. Except this show is so super weird. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, do you love the little so shout out in the middle that where where he he, he mentions ah oh, the critics are going to hate us anyway? Yes, I, I, I did absolutely. I know that's not the line. I know it was different, but I, I, I loved the line when I heard it. What do critics know? Yeah, they're going to hate this show or something. Yeah, I forget. Um, but it was a middle finger to the critics. But yeah, and, but if you're sick of, and, and ironically, the critics are loving this show. But if you are sick of superhero shows, you might be good here. Yeah, you should watch this. Yeah, this, this has is a not different a super flavor. Superhero show. Yeah, so and, far. Anyway. I mean, it is in the in the sense that we got a bunch of origin stories in the pilot. Sure, mm-hmm. that's that's required. That's I mean, that, but that to me, that's not like a knock. That it, like a superhero story not having an origin. It's it feels like it's just part of the art form. To mm-hmm. me, that feels I like so. to have a painting, you have to have a canvas kind of thing. You know, a song has to be yeah. written in a key. <laughs> these, mm-hmm. these are. It, it seems so basic for me that I'm not. I I've long past the <laughs> the argument people have. Well, it just feels like an origin story. Oh, okay, okay. Did they do it well? I, That's all I, I care am, about. I will say this: I am a fan of the concept. Like back in the old days, you would read a comic book because no one cared. Like people didn't care for a long time how they became whatever they were. They were like, oh, this mysterious figure does this. Yeah, and then you know. I, I, I want to say nobody cared. I mean, the creators didn't care because right. at a certain point they would keep getting so many letters about why is Batman this or why is you know whoever. When it that came they would about, eventually though, write an origin. That's how you had to do it. You couldn't start with if Batman had started with the first page of the first uh, Batman comic was uh, a, a kid and his parents get killed in an alley. He wouldn't be here today. 
<laughs> no one would have let that story get like no one would have watched that story and let it develop. No freaking way. You start with him swinging through the streets, but like killing bad people. <laughs> Just I say killing because yeah. you know, that's what happened. That's what happened. But anyway, you got to start with the splashy part, man. You start we'll start with the capes and the and the gadgets and all that crap, and then later, what was it like thirty issues in before they told his backstory? Um, I think it was Batman number one in nineteen forty. So, so that would have been, he would have been a de- two years. Detective, yeah, he would have been in detective comics for a well, well, thirty nine. So it'd been like a year, somewhere, a few months to a year. Yeah, okay. I don't remember the exact dates because I'm a bad fan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we don't remember the entirety of the hundred years that this has been going on. Um, I'll get better. <laughs> I'll do better. I'll do better. I promise. At least we can remember the beginning. Yeah, I'll get the years but right. No, I, I like the idea. You know, and we're not going to get that necessarily here, but that's okay. I do like the idea that we could do a show and basically have them. I know you don't necessarily know the reference, but maybe you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, I like the idea of doing Lost in comic book superhero form, uh, where you have characters and then like you have flashbacks every episode showing how that character got there. That part I got. Um, I did remember that yeah. was a part of how Lost formatted its show. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved that, honestly, because I'm like, what's Sawyer's deal? Why is he such a jerk? And then you kind of cut back. Like, oh, oh well, here you go. Okay. This is there's what happened. A, there's a little piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Three or four episodes later, oh, we get another Sawyer episode. Oh, well, look at that. That's another piece. Of, okay, cool. That works for me. Um, <laughs> if nothing else, it worked for this episode. <laughs> oh, and, and Tudyk even gave a little, um, There's again, so many good fourth wall jokes where he says <laughs> something about like, and surprising no one, the team, blah blah blah, like like we we knew, <laughs> we all knew they were going to team up. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just 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 good. I heard him say he was, uh, and I was I had trouble not listening for it because now I'm, I'm I was attuned to it. But he he mentioned that he was doing uh, the Joker voice and some of his voiceover work for Doom Patrol at the same time. Uh huh. Like, and he was trying to actively make sure that they were going to be that they were different. You know. Mm-hmm. So did you find yourself, like, because I know we talked about that, did you also find yourself kind of wondering, like, well, if he's doing that, I wonder what he's doing for the Joker. Um, a little bit. It occurred to me at least a few times. He does just sound like Alan Tudyk to me, though. A little bit. A little bit. Um, but more of the whimsical Alan Tudyk. Uh, there, there, are, there are variations of Alan Tudyk. There are, um... There's there's the silly whimsical version of him. There's the sinister whimsical, um, and he's very definitely doing sinister whimsical here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the true whimsical is you know curse your sudden and in- inevitable betrayal. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then you have whatever the hell he's doing for Green Arrow over in Young Justice, which just seems as about as straight as you can play. Yeah, that just seems like him using his voice to act as someone it doesn't it's not like he's characterizing himself at all just yeah and alan it just feels like voice. Some, yeah it just feels like sometimes at the end of sentences you can go oh hey it's alan tudyk right when you hear that little there's a little lilt at the end when his voice line or like when he stops a word you can almost you can hear it that's it but mm-hmm. other than that it just sounds like him which i dig i mean he's, he's a versatile Absolutely. dude that's why we wanted to see him in both both these roles frankly and uh having seen him mm-hmm. as much as i did see him in this uh man i'm pleased yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's always great. Um, but yeah, I love that this is a dark, uh, gritty, bleak as hell show. Yeah. and But that Mr. Nobody's like 
tongue-in-cheek gaze into the fourth wall. Like, yeah. keeps it from being kind of a slog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was fun to see a show that had a framing device like Robot Man that was encapsulated with another framing device. Mm-hmm. That, that, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of that, at least that I can recall. Felt fresh. Felt interesting. Yeah. Speaking of, of fresh, though, uh-huh. uh, Timothy Dalton is so drastically different than the guy that was in Titans as the chief. Yeah, I like him much more. I like him much more, but he's so drastically different. Mm-hmm. I if, if I were in charge, I might throw a little money at replacing Bruno in Titans entirely with Timothy Dalton. Just redo <laughs> those scenes. It is... But you've got to throw special appearance by kind of money at that man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's... The titles were hilarious, by the way. It was like starring all the new people. It's like two people. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, and what was the next one? Uh, with which in in Hollywood is uh, in like screen actor screen SAG terms is different that from starring. With is apparently better than starring, mm-hmm. and then special appearance by it cracked me up. The titles cracked me up. Like I was literally watching the credits. I was like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> this is also gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's you know it's a diverse diverse cast we'll call it of uh, I think there was some good gets in here like you you can't believe they got Timothy Dalton to some extent yeah I I mean as as uh, disappointed as I was that they didn't get Kelsey Grammer well Arrow got I, Kelsey I really Grammer did for enjoy... half a second <laughs> I I did enjoy Timothy Dalton a lot much more than than Bruno over in Titans right um. Loved Rita. She was great. Negative Man, I felt like, shines like much less here than he did in Titans, but I, I, I did love how Rita bossed him around. He's like standing there with his little plant going, I'm not going. Come on. Damn it. All right. I don't know. I, for some reason, um, I didn't feel like it was bossing around so much as it's almost like she's saying, I really want to do this. And he's like, ah, I'm going to have to go with her, aren't I? I it somehow <laughs> it felt more protective than anything else. Maybe that was it. I mean, it was it was subtle there wasn't a lot of interaction to it you can kind of read into it but it, for me it felt like it was a little protective of her like he was just oh god come on all right fine mm-hmm. we'll go <laughs> and dude crazy was, jane was fun crazy jane was fantastic i'm i i he was what i have uh, well he was he was a lot of fun but i felt like he was the one character in this that was like oh dude we need to get more into that like everyone else i felt like we got a lot a lot of play out of in him uh, and it was because of like all the dancing around in the kitchen that we've seen before and all that it was, man I know there's mm-hmm. they, I know they're about to do a lot more with that character I don't feel like we got to see him stretch his legs that much yeah but Crazy Jane did cross my mind when I was watching like I, as she's like switching characters and performances I'm like that has got to be a lot to keep track of there's got to be like some person on set that's just in charge of making sure she's doing the same like the same character at the same time for that for Hammerhead or whoever, or Jane or whatever. Mm-hmm. If it's just her keeping track of all that, good God, good job. I mean, <clears throat> they've never even touched on all of the personalities in the books. Yeah, it's a lot to write she in. Has 64, she has 64 personalities. It's a cool concept. 64 power, uh, uh, sixty-four personalities and 64 powers. Like, I know, mm-hmm. I know Legion has a similar <clears throat> thing going on. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a unique concept. Few things between Marvel and DC are unique. It, it's, it's a cool concept outright. Mm-hmm. Uh, of these 64 personalities, I think in this episode, we saw Crazy Jane herself, the unpowered, uh, dominant personality. We saw the hangman's daughter, yeah. an artist who can psychically activate her paintings. Oh, Hammerhead. that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hammerhead. 
Hammerhead, who's the mean personality, and Sun Daddy, a giant with a sun for a head who throws fireballs. Yeah, we saw that for just a second. Oh, that was a f- really just funny a moment, second. too. What are we going to do? Okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Something else. Oh. Yeah, the actress doing it, though. Great job. I, I just, I, like, I worry for her. It's just a lot to keep up with. Yeah. I, I really hope she doesn't have any side projects right now. Yeah, she does, actually. Oh, bless her heart. She She did. She's doing a voice for, uh, I want to say, um, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Oh, well, that's still cool, at least. But at least voices, yeah. you know, you can do an entire, you can voice an entire movie in a couple afternoons. Mm-hmm. Like, you're home by five o'clock. Um, yeah. Uh, Crazy Jane Good, Rita, uh, still great. Uh, actress is fantastic. Loved her little scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know how they're going to get... Especially as out of control as con- as out of control as she got, I kept wondering like, all right, well, so what's going to be the story arc where she gets control of this? Because she is really not in control of this. Mm-hmm. And same with Negative Man. It, like he's been there for twenty years apparently, and they've they've both been at the mansion. It's the one thing where I thought, okay, well, you've been here for like twenty years. Why do you think you're going to get better at this point? Oh, I thought they'd been there for a lot longer than that. I thought they'd been there like for like sixty, seventy years. I'm just saying we only we know they were there in the eighties, and we know they were there in the twenty eighteen, so or thirty years. Yeah. So we know it's been a while. I, I would just like to see a little bit, and I think they will, um, a little bit of the progress. Like, where did you start? Because right now, when you go out in public and someone vaguely mentions the, the, the rumor that you went into porn, you blobbed out and destroyed Main Street. Mm-hmm. If that's where you are now, where did you start? <laughs> and same with Negative Man. Like, I don't know what Negative Man was really getting up to, but, you know, he, he comes in, he... He's he's brave enough to at least go in there and get a beer. I don't know how he was going to drink it. I, I kept hoping the show would give me an answer to that, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And, but I'd still like to know. Like, with, I, I really want to know about their powers. That's part of what I'm I'm getting at here is I just want to know about their powers. What's the story arc with their powers? Because any super, supernatural kind of entity uh, programming, that's part of the storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a huge part of Smallville is watching him get a little more of his supermanness as it, as it comes, that kind of thing. Even with Gotham, watching... David Mizzou get just a closer and closer to bats, you know. Right. I mean, well, uh, you you may or may not know. I don't know. Uh, Rita, her code name in the comics was Elastigirl. Yeah. And um, Negative Man's power was that he could like uh, uh, this like negative energy field comes out of him that's shaped like a man, and his body just kind of goes limp. Yeah. No, it just <laughs> sits there. It's just it's over. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I like I know those parts of it, and Elastigirl's. Uh, I mean, in in. The times I've seen Elastigirl used, it's basically she can get really big if she has to, and she can kind of change shape when mm-hmm. she needs to. Yeah. Um, Negative Man feels like uh, like a little like Boston Brand, kind of. Similar mm-hmm. power set, except the Negative Man part is the part that's not the main identity. Mm-hmm. But within this show, I just want to know what they're doing with this. Because I, I, I actually, it's the one part I do know, is I do know from the comics what they're supposed to be able to do a little bit. But eh, I just want to know what they're doing with them here. Okay. Same with Mr. Nobody. Like, what the hell is he up to? Well, his parent, uh, his parents, his powers are that he he can drain people of their sanity. So Grant Morrison I said, don't but know. I don't know if that ties into the donkey. I don't know <laughs> if that portal in the middle of the street's real. I don't know. Like, um, well, two things cracked me up. One, he actually describes himself as I used to be a middling, you know, third third rate kind of guy. Blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. that's also true in the comic history. When he was originally created, you know, some fifty years ago, he was he was 
he was basically just a henchman. He was nothing. And then you shoot forward to the Grant Morrison era, and they really upgraded him. Mm. I think that was a little nod to the character's arc that he uh, he did get upgraded at some point. Mm-hmm. But but in the show, I don't. I mean, I don't know the the comics well enough to know if the mind is the limit is somewhere in there. But I would bet you money that Grant Morrison has written that line at some point. Maybe, maybe so. Just feels Grant Morrison-y, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, within the show, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, he looks, from what I've seen, he's slightly omnipresent, can kind of appear when he wants to kind of thing. He's corporeal. That's weird. Or, or not corporeal, mm-hmm. I mean. That's weird. Um, that always... Yeah, I know what you meant. <laughs> I said the exact the exact opposite of what I meant, but, it, you know. Um, yeah, he. It, it, that's always freaky. Like, I don't know what happened to him in that machine, I, I and I'm deeply interested by it. Like, it's... It, it's part of why I enjoyed the show so much and why I was mad when the 58 minutes were up. Yeah. But I was watching him and thinking, like, dude, is this guy, is, like, is he, is he Legion or what? Like, what, how powerful is this guy? <laughs> Good God. What is it, what is it that he had to keep repeating? The mind is the limit. The mind is the limit. And that's what the, uh, that's what the, the donkey farted. Yep. That's what the donkey farted. Because <laughs> that's the thing that's happened in this show. Uh, the donkey farted a message that said the mind is the limit. Yeah. Out of all the things I thought was going to happen with that donkey, <laughs> that wasn't one of them. It was not one of them. It was not. You said some other like crazy stuff happened in the Morrison run, though. Oh, some really crazy stuff happened in the Morrison run. Just looking at it uh, through the comic book, I mean, through the Wikipedia. Um, yeah. Like, Morrison's obsessed with like stuff like uh, Dadaism and, and Surrealism. And uh, is he's, like Morrison's Mr. Nobody even, literally. He's kind of young has, a little bit. Like it, anything that involves, like I think Morrison's probably a, a big Bill Hicks fan. If I asked him, like, anything that involves the like we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, huge fan. He's a huge fan of that. He really like secret societies as well. So a lot of that was in there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he, he's a. He's really into satire, so there's a lot of. I assume we're going to get a lot of satire, a lot of uh, superhero TV show satire. Um, I mean, look, man, I'll, I'll I'll throw some 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 ideas here that I haven't even told you about mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, some of them I have, but the here's according to Wikipedia, and I kind of remember some of this. Here are some of Morrison's villains for Doom Patrol. Red Jack, who is a near-omnipotent being who thinks he is both Jack the Ripper and God. Oh, perfect. Uh, he lives in a house without windows, torturing butterflies to create the pain he needs to survive. Uh, I did tell you about this one, Dear though. The, the Brotherhood of Dada uh, are an anarchist group who fight against reality and reason. It features members such as Sleepwalk, who can only use her tremendous powers when asleep. Right, right. Of course, naturally. She takes sleeping pills and listens to Barry Manilow before battles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the quiz, who has every superpower you hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. And a pathological fear of dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There is... Uh, the the Scissormen, a race of beings that attack non-fictional beings in the real world, i.e. The, the world of the Doom Patrol, with, the, with their large scissor-like hands and cut people out of reality. Of course. Of course they do. Dude, there's no... The word no isn't in Grant Morrison's brain. There's no filter. Mm-hmm. Every neuron, every dendrite is yes and. <laughs> it, the, like the whole fucking world for him is just so like I would love to see just it, it's just a it's a, a light with possibilities. It's a, it must be amazing. Yeah. 
And the, the right, crazy so, part is he understands uh, storytelling so well that by the that by the end of it, most of the time he makes it work. It's amazing. He does, and then other times it falls flat. Other times you you cannot figure out what's going on. It's uh, and the the crazy part is like when he makes it work, it's so brilliant that the times when it doesn't work, I actually blame myself. <laughs> I literally think I this is probably my fault that I'm not getting into this. Uh, I don't. I blame whatever drugs Grant Morrison is on. He's not even on that That's many. What I blame. He's really not. Like he's he's taking a lot of acid. <laughs> he's not. He's not even on that many. I, yeah, you would think it was like you would think he was on the the further bus with Ken Kesey the, the the way he conducts himself, and I'm sure he would have been. He probably would have enjoyed himself, but mm-hmm. the you would think that he just wakes up, has three hits of acid and a a, a pint of Jim Bean, and starts his day. No, 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 no. He's just. I think he's just this way. I think it's. I think it's. He's just this way after some of that behavior, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's. It's all right. It's so a, it was a weird lifetime there. Like, didn't he grow up like in the "we might die any minute" of a nuclear bomb era, and his parents were revolutionaries, like literally, I <laughs> literally don't revolutionaries. Remember. I think it was something crazy like that. I remember it was a fascinating episode of Fat Man on Batman. That that part I definitely remember. Now, Fat Man Beyond. If you want to go back and listen to that. Uh... It's way on back in the archives, but um, fantastic cinematography in this episode. Oh, uh, yeah, gorgeous. Music was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I had one complaint, it really was just that. I mean, he didn't look that bad. I guess it's just I just uh, there's something I don't know what it was exactly. There was something very disconcerting to me. Maybe it's just the old, you know, uh, Southern Baptist repression kicking up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in adulthood now. Something very jarring and 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 disconcerting about seeing Brendan Fraser, you know, have sex with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, all right. So Just, your your uh, your suspicion is is either that it's it's maybe on you or maybe that you were thinking, yeah, no one was asking to see Brendan Fraser's ass. That wasn't what America was clamoring for. Uh, I, I don't think America was clamoring for that. No. Um. There was just something unsettled, and maybe it was maybe it was the you know, the the uh, the stray loosened titty mm. flopping wildly. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was just the haphazardness of it all. Like <laughs> maybe it was an issue with the with a lack of golden ratio. I don't know. <laughs> I I think I I dare suspect that the haphazardness of that scene was probably about what they wanted to capture given that scene maybe i'm uh you know maybe it was an ocd situation maybe i was upset that it wasn't both maybe you know i don't know what it was, what the problem was but the scene was off-putting it, for you that that scene was as off-putting as the later scene where we find out that it was that and by the way that was the change to his backstory he what he didn't get in a crash on the racetrack it was on the road mm-hmm and he decapitated his wife, and he thinks he killed his daughter. Yeah. Apparently he didn't. Oh, and there's going to be so, some story with that daughter. You know there's going to be some story with that daughter. So, Going I mean, forward. I can... I, I don't know what the deal is. I can... I can... If you want me to, I can mention what they did with the chief in Morrison's run. Nah. Nah. They may not use it. Yeah? Nah. Yeah? Nah. I mean, it's there on Wikipedia if you guys want to look it up. <laughs> I'd rather... I'd, I'd, well, I'd say I'd rather read it, but I've been meaning to read his run on Doom Patrol for a while and just still haven't. Still haven't pulled the trigger mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I have it on a list, in, uh, like on Amazon, and uh, just, just still haven't purchased it. 
I mean, it's one of those things where you're going to go in and you're going to say, this doesn't feel completely like a wrap up. And you're, and you're also going to feel like it doesn't like start out completely like you would want it to for, for a, uh, for an origin because they literally just had him pick up from somebody else and they had that person kind of kill off or kick out the, the members of the team that Morrison didn't want to use. Mm, nice. When he was coming in. So like, you got like a short introduction to, you know, this person or this person and then you start his run and then at the end of it he hands it off to somebody else so i mean it was an ongoing book so he just did an in like an end story reboot yeah kind of i mean it was just his run <laughs> hey you gotta make it your own that's yeah. I've, I've forgiven a lot of things based on you gotta make it your own but yeah i don't i don't know what else to say like i i hate I, I, okay. is it weird that I felt like, uh, Rita got everything she deserved after I watched her demand that that armless man be replaced because he's a, you know, an eyesore? Well, it, to me, it played as it was supposed to be kind of an onset, uh, crew getting the cast back for something, not quite a prank, but, uh, you know, uh, like a mild punishment, take your medicine kind of thing. You think they sabotaged the pier? I think they sabotaged the pier, and whatever the hell was going on under that pier happened to the catcher. Yeah, whatever that was. Because the um, the two dudes in charge asked the crew to help, and they're they just kind of stand there like, no, we're not we're not going to do that. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're just like, mm, nope, she's kind of a no, bitch. Mm-mm. She's a she's a terrible person. Not sure we like her. her. She can just stand in the water for a minute. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they were trying to kill her, but it it sure looked like it was a bit of a retaliation. So, but yeah. like, no one could have possibly anticipated. Uh, whatever the hell substance it was under there. And for both of them, like for both of the ingested substances that have created these characters, we have no idea what the negative thing was, what its backstory was, whatever the green was that was in that like shot. We don't, we don't know what the backstory is on the actual essences. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mind hearing that at some point. I, I mean, you know, I think the negative spirit was, you know, extraterrestrial in nature. But uh, they did do a fair amount of that in the... Uh, they did go into that in the comic books. That's fine. I mean, I'm okay with that. It'll probably just amount to Calder saying something like, they're extraterrestrial in nature and moving on. I'll be like, okay, cool. Problem solved. Maybe. Addressed. Good to go. I mean, in, but again, you know, in the same is... universe, we have, you know, Coriander. Yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm already okay with aliens in this in the DC they, they... U proper. Yeah, they might do it differently in this show, you know. Should we call this the DC uh, streaming the universe? Dis- hmm? <laughs> Just to differentiate um, it? I don't know. That's, I mean, whatever. Whatever you want to call it, I can... We'll get behind it? Yeah. I'll probably just keep calling it DC Universe. <laughs> but we were calling it the DC Universe before Warner Bros. decided to call it the DC Extended Universe for reasons that we didn't understand at the time. Um, I was calling it the DC Cinematic Universe. Were you? Okay. Yeah. That's right, you were. You were saying DCCU. I mm-hmm. remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Well. Roll back the tape. I recall it now. I'm going to propose DCSU for, for this particular universe. Whatever makes you happy, man. It does. It does make me happy. I'll call it whatever my feeble brain decides to call it at any given time. <laughs> it's all we can do. All we can ever hope for. You know, it uh, sounds like an old jalopy starting up. <laughs> DC universe. <laughs> okay. That's what it is today, I guess. That's what I could conjure. <laughs> but yeah, fantastic episode. Looking forward to next week when apparently we're going to get uh, Ezekiel, who is a supervillain cockroach. Ah, hell yeah! Understand yes. it correctly. I have no idea if that. I don't know where that comes from. 
I don't know if there's any precedent. I don't care. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> Do not care. Bring it on. The uh, the trailer for next week looks fantastic and bizarre. It does. So. Oh, my favorite part of the trailer for next week, other than the fact that it, with Jane jumping in, I feel like we're going to learn a lot more about his powers. Uh, like we're going to learn more about nobody and her. Um, my favorite part of the trailer is Calder turning around and saying, "You think you still think you're in charge and control of the story, don't you?" And like smirking at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like that's good. That's good. That's uh, bravado. I always love bravado. Yep. I'm excited. This is a nice little uh, departure. I think. Yeah. Hell, we haven't even so far. Anyway. We didn't even get Cyborg yet. He, you know, I'm not really that excited about him. I think I will be. Based on the rest of the show, I think I will be when I see him. Maybe so. I mean, Cyborg isn't one of my favorite characters, but he's one of those characters where I don't think he's my favorite character, and then people introduce him, and I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I forget about him again, and then somebody brings him up again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> just... That's fair. For some reason, he, he doesn't fair. place high, and then I actually like him. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. You have anything else? I think, I think that was it. All right. That was it. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come back at the end of the season and kind of review the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mainly, we just talked about the comic books, kind of, I think, but <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, fantastic, heart wrenching piece of television we just watched. Yeah. Yeah. It took me through the whole spectrum. It was, it was great. Um, if there was something you wanted to talk about, we didn't talk about, just tell us. Yeah, uh, dconscreen at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at dconscreen. You can also hit us up on Instagram, same thing. We're on Facebook. There'll be a link to the Facebook group on in the show notes, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you want to do, news on Wednesday? So News on Wednesday. Sound good? Cool. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a total douche. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, the TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Hey.